With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Florida State is number four in the college football playoff rankings. They're number four in the 2024 recruiting class rankings per on three. Michael, life is good. Life is very good. So who wants to hear my my thoughts on the college football playoff before we start, or I can do it at the oh, end? Oh, we've been I'll... waiting. We've, I saw your okay. tweet, and I've been excited. I want to hear your take. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so here's, off, here's, right. here's the thing. So nobody really has talked about this, but um, – I'll start off saying college playoff, uh, y'all need to do better, first Mm. of all. Uh, First of all, I had no problem with number one. Like, that's that's fine. They got two wins. But um, I think it's an absolute embarrassment that FSU's not number two. And I'll tell you why. First of all, FSU only has the only ranked team that's beat a ranked team in there out of those two. So it's like if you're going to bet and they said the reason for Ohio State was there was because you had those two ranked teams. So it's like the LSU game didn't even matter. And it's like it's like they totally forget about it. So I think they totally screwed it up. I think it was a layup. I think it was an easy choice for college playoff. And I have no problem if Georgia and and, uh, Michigan later beat some ranked teams, but you have to justify it when you have ranked teams on there. So I think they screwed up. I think they, they messed that up and FSU should be number two. And I'm not saying that cause it's FSU. I'm saying cause they beat a ranked team and um, it just feels like uh, the reasoning was not consistent of what they talked about. So I think uh, all I got to say is do better college playoff. That's bad. That's, that's a terrible job. If you're going to have your criteria as beating ranked teams, then have the criteria for FSU. It just feels like, why play those games if you're not going to get rewarded for them when you win? And not only did they win, they won decisively over LSU, and that's a team that's battling to go to SEC championships. So, got to do better, guys. You got to be more consistent. So, if the college playoff guys are listening, that's my thoughts. I think FSU should be number two if you're doing it currently or what it is. I think it's a total disgrace that they screwed that up. But I got it out. Now I feel better. So, we can carry on recruiting. I'm glad you could get that off your chest. I know it's been weighing on you a little bit. Ridiculous. (laughs) I did want to uh, start off by talking about Ethan Pritchard, uh, 2025 commit, four-star linebacker, committed in late October. It seemed like in the midst of a game day weekend, maybe a a Sunday after a game day. Uh, So we were kind of busy. We didn't get to give a whole lot of attention to him. I know you wrote some articles as well as Matt Lassayre, a lot of talk on the premium recruiting boards. But for those who might have missed that in the midst of all the – chaos going on on a Saturday game day. What can you tell us about Ethan Pritchard? 
Yeah, great. Uh, he's very similar. He does a lot of similar things to what the way FSU uses Kalen Deloach. He does a lot of outside linebacker stuff. Uh, very quick to the ball. Very good lateral movement. Goes side to side very well. Uh, it was kind of a surprise when he he told me uh, he committed because it was kind of like he came in there and and certainly the media was out there and we were just interviewing guys like like usual and um, so you know he sits there and he's going on and then he's like uh, you know we're different media guys are asking like you know kind of where FSU stand he's like he's like they stand pretty good since I just committed um, so um, and that's kind of how the commitment you know, broke. And then obviously we broke it on the boards and uh, I think Matt or somebody got it on the boards. And then we had a story later, but Ethan was a guy that I felt like it was trending in a, in a good direction. He's in the 2025 class, but it's always good to get off to a good start in linebackers. So that's a place where they haven't always got the top tier tier guys. And so getting a four-star linebacker right away, I think, um, I think it was a big deal for them to, to solidify that early. And it tells you kind of, what's building with this, um, with this team that, um, you know, where FSU's recruiting is going and, and just um, really just how, how they're killing it as far as the perception of now FSU, how that's even before the season, I think it's uh, changed even more, you know, just on, on what they've done because it's now a follow-up to, you know, that 10 win season. And now, um, you know, I think kids are seeing like, yeah, this wasn't a fluke. This is like this is team just like they're growing in a different level, and and uh, we want to be a part of it. And I think kids just see one the way the kids are getting developed, uh, the kids are playing, and and also just what the culture is like around FSU when you're when you're there with, around the players. It's just it's a lot different. So that's why I say anytime there's a kid on campus, I don't care where FSU sits, it's going to be a dramatic jump up for for FSU because of of what changes when these kids, uh, you know, visit. We've seen it numerous times with a lot of kids, and I think Ethan was a, a really good pickup for for that 2025 class. So I think there wasn't a lot in there yet, and so I, I don't think he's going to be the only one. I think there's going to be several coming out. I think you can see some more, you know, pop around that after that Miami game. So I think, uh, I think you're going to start seeing that just uh, keep rising up as far as uh, adding to that class. But uh, Ethan was a really good start for them. Going to the 2024 class, I know a guy who a lot of people are high on Florida State getting is Jamari Howard. Uh, 2024 guy, kind of rounding out that class. He's a four-star corner. Uh, do you feel good about that? And, and are there any developments? Can we see a commitment maybe coming soon from Jamari? Yeah, he's already set, I think, a commitment date for November 10th, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is a day before, I think, the Miami game. Uh, I feel really good about where FSU sits. Uh, I've already put in an RPM pick for FSU. Um, so, uh, I, I feel like, um, the connection with not only Norvell, but also certain and just, um, I, I started to feel kind of a, the really big shift of momentum when he decided not to go to a Florida game and he stayed at FSU mm -hmm. for a game, but also stayed there for an extra day, um, got around guys that he, he knows that are from South Florida that are already on the team, you know, guys like, uh, hiking Williams and, and people like that. So I think it really just solidified kind of their position and then really him just seeing what they do with the product and how, how certain's already developed guys and, and the way they're used, uh, used in this defense, I think gets him pretty excited. So I think, um, I think there should be some good news coming, uh, in November for, for FSU with, with Jamari. I feel pretty good about, you know, where they stand. That's kind of, you know, one of the few final pieces, I think they would act to add an, another one, maybe a safety, 
or, you know, another DB. But I think uh, after Howard, they would like to add one more. But I think it's almost it's getting close to finalizing kind of what you want for that DB class. Uh, looking at a board question, this this was a board post, actually. This was not a board okay. question, but I thought it was interesting. So I want to get your thoughts on this. The post was from Frosty Frog. I just wanted to read that username on the show. <laughs> okay. uh, but it was about if Florida implodes down the stretch. So I'm going to add Miami into that mix, too. Are there any guys maybe that FSU can pull from Florida or Miami if, say, Miami loses two of the next four or Florida loses the rest of their games, period? Yeah, I would start with the main one with Miami would be defensive tackle Artavius Jones. He's visited FSU for the Duke game and I think the Virginia Tech game as well. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't feel like he'll be here for this one because it makes it kind of an uncomfortable situation where you're visiting while you're the team that you're committed to. You're hosting them. And so I think they would rather just have him visit like games that, you know, whether it's not Miami there, but I, I, I've heard more intel that leads me to believe uh fsu's trending uh even you know better uh that in from the these are mainly high school sources that i've talked to that that feel good about you know kind of where fsu's trending uh or artavius jones i think that would be the name one i know a lot of people bring up uh jojo trader and then also um zaquan patterson zaquan it could be a guy to keep an eye on maybe he he pops in for that uh, miami game i think jojo's kind of just the reason he picked Miami, I think a big part of it was he wanted to stay closer to home. It was important to him to be around his family that close. Um, so I don't think that one's going to really shift that much. Um, certainly, Jeremiah Smith, five-star plus, will be there at that game. So that's a big deal for FSU. They'll get a chance to really solidify their position in there, really make a push uh, again for uh, Jeremiah. I think that's going to be a multi-day visit. But um and then on the Florida side, I don't know anybody specifically. I would say LJ McCray would be a guy that maybe you can get him on campus for a game or something, and, and then maybe they can keep working it. Um, I do not think he was at the Florida-Georgia game, which was kind of interesting to me since he was likely to probably pop in there. But um, I do know that's a guy they're, they're still working on. Um, they're going to go until, you know, whatever, whenever he signs. And um, his teammate, Zay Mincy, is going to be there for the Miami game. So maybe – if something trends and you know Trey uh, Zay gets a spark like what he said he's looking for um, on that FSU visit, then maybe that might help um, with um, LJ and and we don't know maybe LJ pops up right now. They've told me a few guys that they're keeping kind of secret that they won't tell me, but there's a few guys that I think are going to be added to the list that I don't have on my original list uh, right now. So. Um, I think uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, those are kind of the main ones, I would say, from both of those teams. I was taking a look at your uh, visitor list for the Miami game. You said you were a little bored, uh, so you went ahead and started looking into the Miami game and some visitors that are going to be coming. Uh, so who are maybe some that kind of took you by surprise uh, that will be on campus next weekend? Uh, let me look at it because I, I don't, I don't want to give it all away. I didn't want to put it on the screen. <laughs> I'm not so. going to give it all away. I just <laughs> – I'm just kind of going to look it over real quick um, while I talk to you guys, since we're all just we're all just sitting here, uh, you know, going all the d d different things. But um, I wouldn't say there was any guy that really like shocked me. Um, but um, I would say I'm mildly surprised that um, four-star running back Alvin Henderson is coming back 2025. Um, he's a guy that um, I've been. I've been pretty. I've been high on from the start. I don't think there's besides him, 
I don't think there was like a, a shocker or a surprise, I guess, for me when I looked, you know, all, all these visitors and who's going to be there. Um, but I would say, um, let's see, uh, just looking at it, um, Jamie French, I kind of expected there. And then uh, the rest, I think, are, you know, pretty much expected, you know, guys. I, I was a little surprised to see wide receiver uh, Dalen McCutcheon there. I mean, he kind of talked to me about possibly going, but then, um, then he was kind of like he wasn't sure. But uh, I guess if I was picking the biggest surprise, it would be the guy I just added, a five-star DB, uh, DJ Pickett, uh, 2025 class. Uh, he's a guy that hasn't visited FSU in a while, um, but he visited in the spring. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting that he, he's coming. But it kind of speaks to kind of what they're doing overall in, in on the product on the field. So I think I think there'll be a few surprises, though, in there that people see him. That, man, that guy hasn't visited in a while. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it materializes. But those are a few that I, I kind of jump out to me. A couple questions in the chat. Uh, we'll get to some questions on the boards as well. Uh, Tony says, is that Jeremiah Smith's official visit? You're expecting him to be on campus for several days, Michael, right? Yeah, yeah. that's an unofficial visit, Tony. Um, his, his, his official visit will be later in probably November. Or right before the uh, you know final cutoff, uh, you know as far as when they early signed, but um, I think he that will be his unofficial visit, and then he will take an official later uh, in November to FSU. So that, that's going to be an unofficial visit for Jeremiah. Have you heard anything? Any new developments? I know Jeremiah's taken a lot of visits. Uh, obviously, you can do that. He's he seems to like Florida State though. He, he's visited uh, Tallahassee several times, Michael. Yeah, I don't think a. Uh, a ton has changed except for just his consistency of how he feels about this FSU offense, how he likes it. He called Mike Norvell probably the best coach in college football, which I thought was raised my eyebrows just because and he, and he doubled down on that when I actually went to Chaminade's game one time. And um, so I think that's interesting. It tells you kind of his feelings about what the coaching staff is. So it isn't like a feel, um, feel it out process. So uh, he definitely likes him a lot, but he also definitely likes, Ohio State, um, certainly the situation with Brian Hartline, if he leaves or if he doesn't leave, he gets a head coaching job. That will, I think, dramatically affect kind of my feelings on on this recruitment. Uh, I think it shifts uh, big for me uh, towards FSU. But um, I don't think there's a ton of, like, movement when it comes to kind of what he's recruiting. I think it's kind of similar to what I've had it before. He's visiting Florida, I think, this weekend. He's going to be at Florida State next weekend and then, you know, probably take some official visits, but I don't think there's anything dramatically changed. I still think it won't be the easiest pull because he's been committed to Ohio State for a while, but there's something about FSU that extremely intrigues him, uh, whether it's the, the way he's around the players, what it's the, you know, what he sees out of the wide receiver room, the development. He certainly loves what they're doing with Keon Coleman. He calls Keon the best receiver in the country. So, I think there's a lot of things that are, are certainly positives. It won't be an easy flip, but I think they're trending in a good direction as far as, I guess, how they feel about it going into these visits. But, you know, still certainly a, lot, a good portion of work to do, but uh, certainly very much in the picture. And like I said, if he flipped, I think it would be to FSU. I think Florida's in there. I think Miami and a few other schools are in there. But I think the main ones are Florida and Florida State, and I think Florida State would be the team if I was picking – if he flipped, I think it would be to FSU. So what you're saying is we need to start putting Brian Hartline out there. If you're an AD <laughs> listening, go ahead and hire Brian. Uh, that'd be a great fit for your program. That would help. 
That would help a lot. That would help let's, a lot. Uh, let's go to some viewer questions. Uh, we've okay. got Keith from Spring Hill. He says, Goal knows. Michael, how is O-line recruiting looking? Next year could be the first time we see what Atkins high-level recruits look like. Yeah, I mean, I, I think their development's been tremendous under Alex. I mean, it's 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 improved every year when you watch kind of, you know, the way they've been able, they can run the ball, the way they can get their guys. Even, even you know, even when they don't run the ball, they run like an extension of the run, which is, a, you know, screens and kind of everyone saw that screen last week with Trey Benson. I mean, that's just the way they, they get their offense and how versatile they are with their offense line is, is a big deal. I think uh, the class is really good. I think it's, it's nearly complete. I think the only uh, probably guy left is is Jason Zandamella. He's a guy that I put on my seven targets to watch for 2025. FSU still very heavily involved there. I've hear I've hear some a little bit of of good good stuff when it comes to kind of his interest level picking up. Uh, before it was kind of like, hey, I'm you know very comfortable with USC. I'm kind of locked in and all that stuff. And then you know now I've heard two people, a couple people close to him that. You know, FSU is a place that now he's kind of itching to, you know, take a look at and, and see and just see what they're about. So he's another one that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, to see if he pops up for that FSU-Miami game. Because, I mean, I think people forget so far back that before he committed to USC, FSU was the leader. He visited FSU like two or three times. Yeah. He, um, he He's really tight with, with Coach Atkins, and we know they want centers bad, so – and he's a pure center. He was the guy in the spring that I heard the most that, you know, if there was a definite take that they want badly, it was Jason. So Jason's the one they wanted the most, and he kind of fits everything they want. So there's a hard push there, and and certainly uh, he's a guy that uh, I still would keep very much in the picture FSU. They're starting to, you know, get a little bit of momentum there, but certainly there's still work to do. you got to get him on campus, and he has not used his official visit yet up to FSU, so – that's kind of if he does visit FSU, I think it would be for an official visit. So he's a name that I'm I, I don't mention seven to watch just for nothing. There's guys if I mention them, there's details to them of why I mention them. So he's definitely a guy that I feel very uh, a very real possibility that FSU is still very much in the picture. Maybe things change a little bit when Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL. What do you say, Michael? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean that's that's for other teams to figure out, but uh, I I think it's just you watch USC. There's been some struggles when you watch that team. I mean, they pulled it out last week uh, in the final seconds against Stanford or not Stanford, but California. I think fifty to forty nine. So there's some problems going on there that you see just a uh, just a body language I see and just some you know, had some key losses that uh, I think might be you know making open his eyes and you're seeing what FSU's doing. I think it's really certainly had a, a strong effect on, on Jason. He's always liked FSU. So it isn't, this is a situation where it's a dramatic shift that, right. Oh, you got to show him what, I mean, he knows what FSU is and he knows the need that they have for, um, you know, a center prospect. I said, that's the number one thing that I think for this class, they want to get some centers. And I think a guy like Ty Hilton can play there. Um, and certainly Jonathan Daniels can play there if they need to, but I think they want centers in this class, and Jason was the number one guy they wanted at center. So I think that's definitely a guy that they're pushing extremely hard for. Tom is wondering about centers. Is there anyone yeah. they're looking at that you would consider a true center? Well, you mentioned Jason. Is there yeah. anyone else maybe? Jason would be the main, like, for sure, true center. If you're talking about that true center position, that's what he plays. It does it all the time. Um, as far as guys on the team, I'm not, I'm not sure. But guys in the class, I would say Ty Hilton or – 
Jason, if you're able to pour him. There's other guys that can play it, but uh, as far as a true center, Jason would be your guy, and so I think he would. I think he would be uh, the perfect scenario, and certainly finish off what is already uh, an extremely good class. You have Jaden Dodd, you have Jonathan Daniels, you have um, you know Ty Hilton, who I've already covered, Manisa Itt from California that they like a lot at tackle. So uh, it's a great class already, and and Jason would just put an exclamation point on it if they could pull that off. T. Will has a question about Miami visitors. Uh, will Trader and Patterson <coughs> be at the Miami game? He asks. Yeah, I mentioned Patterson. I'd be surprised if Trader's there, and if he is there, he's probably just there as a fan to watch his future school. Um, as I said, he likes FSU a lot, but there's certain things I can't talk about that I think the reason why he would want to stay closer to home. But um, I think Patterson, um, he's a guy that really just depends on the push because I just didn't get the sense. Like when I talked to him when he committed that day in person, I got the feeling like, FSU pushed some, but it wasn't like a full throttle, 100%, we got to have you type of push. He talked about the relationship that he wanted to build with, um, you know, the DB coach and, and, and Pat. And so I think um, really it just depends on the push, I think, for Patterson. I think there, if there is a push for Patterson, I could see him taking your know, visit back to FSU. But um, as of right now, neither one are on my radar as far as, hey, they're coming. Um, but um, I'll certainly keep an eye on to see if that, that changes. Sorry, guys. Got a little ahead of myself there. Uh, you guys know what's coming next. Any news on Coy Parrish after his offer? Hopefully I pronounced that right. Girl Masker asks. I put that up on the screen a second ago. I got a little little premature there, but uh, there the you reason see I know, The only reason I know you got it that. right is because Coy told me that uh, when I right. called him and talked to him and interviewed him, so that is correct. Um I don't think there's anything like set in stone, but I think he's a guy that I do think will officially visit FSU. I think it's really just picking out the right game. Could be the Miami game. I'm going to check back with him next week. I'm not really, we've already talked, so I'll probably, I'll check again with him and see if there's something set up. But I do know he wants to visit Southern Cal and FSU for official visits. I do think that will happen. I think he wants to check out and see what, what they are. He certainly watched FSU, so this isn't the kid that, you know, is in uh, Midwest country that didn't like study and and see. And, and he he said he watched the LSU game, so he's very familiar with with what FSU did. But uh, certainly, they watched this film. They wanted to extend the offer. They wanted to kind of put the ball in his court to see how interested he is and to kind of leave it up to him. But they're going to keep checking on him. But if you want to officially visit, hey, FSU saying, hey, we're interested. So I think uh, that's a guy that you know they like kind of a slash you know linebacker slash. Uh, safety more so probably safety probably a hybrid type of linebacker so I think he's a guy that they certainly uh, want to see more of and and uh, we'll see uh, if that official visit lines up I don't think there's anything new technically new with him I think it's kind of just a wait and see of him setting up visits if he's anything like me he probably wants to come to that warm weather man it's getting a little cold (laughs) up north up here Michael Uh, I know we're in the season but we've got one question well actually two questions here uh, mm-hmm. flipping the UF defensive tackle. Uh, not sure who exactly Harold's talking about here, but he's also asking about the safety from Clemson Jones. Have you done any Intel and transfer transfer portal or are we still a couple weeks away from that? Well, I think, uh, that won't start until like really when you get into prep mode for, um, like, you know, hopefully for FSU, uh, preparing for an ACC championship, uh, game, but, um, I think the, the guy he's talking about UF is um, Nasir Johnson. 
He's visiting uh, Colorado this weekend. He's a, he's a Florida commit. I think Georgia is the team that I hear the most about possibly flipping him. I think the best flip candidate for FSU is is Artavius Jones. That's the one I've heard the most buzz about. He was originally going to visit for the um, for the FSU Duke game. Um, something came up with travel. It didn't happen. But I always thought like that was going to be a tougher pull. So if he was going to flip somewhere, I would say probably Georgia. But until he's on campus, I can't really. It's not really. It's kind of pointless for me to go into detail about kind of with Nasir of of the chances until they can get him on campus. Uh, like I said, this week, uh, this weekend, it's going to Colorado. He has told me he's coming for the Miami game, but you know, he told me that for the Duke game too. So we'll see if he follows through with that, then, then there could be some movement there. I do think he's a soft commitment to, to Florida. And if I was picking, if he, I think if he was picking today, I think there would be a flip to probably Georgia, uh, my opinion. But um, right now I'd say, um, he's definitely a soft commit, but so there's a chance. So it's not like you're battling to try to, you know, have to change his mind heavily. I mean, he's certainly, uh, you know, thinking about it and um, certainly not saying that he won't end up at Florida. I'm just saying there's some movement there, but um, got to see him get on campus first. And then the safety, I think Clemson, he think he's talking about Ricardo Jones. Uh, he was originally a major FSU target safety. He's out of a, uh, I want to say Georgia, state of Georgia, um, but um, FSU was really high on him. So was Auburn throughout the process. Um, that's a good point, Harold. I will check on that when I haven't checked on Ricardo in a while. I'll check and see if there's there's any movement there. I have not heard anything uh, that leads me to believe, hey, FSU's in the picture and they're trending. But um, I will definitely check on him and probably drop a note on the board, Harold, um, and see you know kind of what I find out. But um, I'll kind of do um, – I'll do my due diligence, see what I can find out. But that's kind of where they stand for both of those guys. Michael Davis, Michael, great name. Uh, Kai Bates, what's your thoughts on him? Michael likes him more than Wardell Mack. Michael, do you like him better than Wardell <laughs> Mack too? See what I did there? Uh, they're two different. I mean, for me, it's two different players, um, what they do. I mean, Wardell, I think, is more of a boundary corner for sure. I think Kai Bates, you can put him in nickel and and, and also some boundary situation. I like both of them. I like Wardell a little bit more, but it's it's close. But you know, Kai Bates went to Texas A&M um, last weekend. I he's one of those, and I'm kind of keeping an eye on for this next weekend coming up. Uh, I think you could possibly see him on campus at FSU. Um, I think he's a guy that David Johnson has a really good relationship with. He co- recruits that area, um, and he's very he, he likes what. Uh, what their DBs are doing with Pat over there at FSU. And, and so I think uh, certainly FSU is a team that's up there with Tennessee, Texas A&M and Florida state has been the teams I've heard to mention. I heard the Vols mentioned a little more, but he's a guy that I'm, I'm keeping track of. Like I said, another guy on my seven to watch that I think they heavily covered. I think they'd like him a lot. Same thing with Wardell. I think they like him a lot. Wardell's already confirmed that he will be at the FSU Miami game. And so he's committed to Florida, but I, I tend to feel like that thing's trending towards a softer commitment than a lot of people think. I think Texas is very involved. Uh, certainly uh, Florida's involved and then uh, FSU, I think, is heavily involved. They've got a lot of players from the boot already on their team uh, from the state of Louisiana. So I think FSU wants to make their move that weekend for the Miami weekend. But uh, I, I think if either one, you know, I don't think FSU would be like, okay, we're not going to take this guy. 
you know, right. if what one of them or both of them want to come on, they might even take both of them if, if that happened mm-hmm. to that stretch because they like they covet both of them around the same level. So um, I think uh, certainly uh, you would take either one of them. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, for the FSU Miami weekend. But, yeah, that's a guy they definitely, I think, stay in communication with with, with Kai. Secondary is getting scary, Michael. That's going to be whew, that's going to be a sight to behold if if those guys fall in place for FSU. Uh, let's go to the board and get some questions from the board now. Okay. Uh, we've got several questions from our premium recruiting board. Uh, the premium recruiting board available to War Chance subscribers. You can sign up for one dollar still. I think that deal's still going on. Just go to WarChant.com, top right corner. If you're not a member, sign up. You get two months of access for just one dollar. Uh, Garnet guy asks Mike, with so few spots available in this year's class, how mm-hmm. would you rank the positions by importance? Uh, I mean, defensive tackle for me uh, is the most important. Um, I think you need to have you, know, you got one already, you got one in the class. Uh, they're still after Denos White, who I like a lot, three star defense tackle. So to officially visit for the Miami game, um, I, I like him a lot. I like Artavius the best. The guy's just a freak. Um, so I think defense tackle for me is the most important. I think the other positions, I mean, you could use another edge uh, guy, pass rush, pass rushing. And then, and then for me, the DB class is looking so good that it, that's yeah. kind of the least amount that I'm most concerned about. So I would probably list them that way. You would also, I would put linebacker up there with defensive tackle, but right now that's looking like a portal situation to me of uh, FSU adding probably multiple guys from the portal, which is not a problem for them. They've certainly, they can get whatever they want as far as, uh, you know, any position. So uh, I think probably right now I'd lean towards portal stuff for the linebacker just to get ahead for people are asking me, I, I mentioned Jamari Howard. No, he, his commitment does not affect anybody else. So uh, there you go. It's, it's not going to affect somebody else. I think uh, they still want two more guys and that's before Jamari's committing. So, Probably once they hit that two, they'll they'll quit. But like I said, if you get a talent in Bates or or Wardell, you're not going to turn those guys down if they want both in. So I think they'd be oversigned if they have to, mm-hmm. um, if it gets to that point. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to affect uh, any either one of those guys. Jumping back to the boards, uh, Florida State has two 2025 commits as of right now, I believe, Michael. So uh, North Carolina Noel wants to ask. What are the top three 2025 targets? Oh, that players? Yeah, that's that's kind of tough. Hell. Holy hell. <laughs> Put you on the uh, spot there. Osman Cromo for me would be in that three. Um, definitely a guy like I would have said Armando Blunt, but he switched classes 2024. Um, man, I, I mean, you would love to get a top tier defensive end for me. Um, I can't really pick one. There's not one that I think's like a must, but then. Um, and then the, in the linebacker position, getting a guy like Zayden Walker, uh, he's a five-star linebacker. Um, I, I would even put J- uh, Jaden Perlot up there, uh, who I've already RPM picked to a flip to FSU. I think those two, I think, would really set you really good for 2025. Those are kind of the three, I guess, if I was picking. I know I kind of jumped around a little bit. But, uh, yeah, my main guy uh, for me next year is Austin Cromo. Um, I know somebody asked a question about him yeah. talking about Lee County, man, this guy's like, he's not like any, any running back they have on the roster. He's, he's totally different than it. He's like, almost like a mixture of, of several of them together. He's like, um, 
you know, power of Trey Benson, mm-hmm. um, catching ability of Toa Philly and, and Roddy Hill, which, by the way, telling you guys, I told you guys before about Rodney Hill. It's like, you haven't seen anything yet. Rodney, Toa Philly's been awesome. But I'm telling you, when he leaves, by the time he leaves, Rodney Hill's going to be one of the best receiving guy, backs they've had in, in a very long time. So, But he's kind of a combination of all of them. You don't usually see a guy as physically built like he is, as big, uh, that has the flexibility with the hips or the turn or the way he finds the ball and how he tracks it. He is one of the best receiving backs in the country. He averages like around 185, 210 a, a game. Uh, just long strider, kind of – you you see him and you think he's going to play defensive end when you look at him. You know, just kind of reminds you when you watch uh, – I'm not saying he's like him, but his size-wise, uh, with the size and the way he moves, uh, mm-hmm. it's like when I first saw Derrick Henry, that's kind of what I thought when I first saw Derrick. I was like, Derrick, you belong at tight end. This kid's the same way, he's just so massively huge, like six three, and he just runs like a deer and just so physical. And he just he has he's a long strider, like an Eddie George type style running, um, kind of bow legged, but nobody cares about that. I mean, his talent is uh, speaks for itself. And and I love Alvin Henderson too, but this kid I think takes you to another level because of the multiple things that he can do, um, like from different positions. Um, like I said, long strider, you see it there and he just gets so much speed out of, you know, once he gets going, but, um, I just love him as the total package where I think you can put him in any situation where it's passing or just running between the hashes. And he is just uh, phenomenal. So uh, for me, that's my number one one. If I was wanting somebody for 2025, it's this dude. I mean, he is a freak. Uh, I think he, and I think he really changes to that running back room even more to an elite level. So uh, um, I just uh, – I, I really love Osman. I mean, that's the guy if I was picking one. Man, I've, I've just been blown away. I've been sitting here watching this highlight <laughs> as you're talking and describing him. Yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, uh, I saw him in person against Colquitt. and um, an interview he, with him on our channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he ran for like I, – I was texting different people and I was like uh, – Steve's got like 135 at halftime against Colquitt, and Colquitt's really good. And uh, I was just, I was highly impressed. He was not what I envisioned when I first saw him because I had not seen him play in person. I just saw kind of clips and stuff like that, but I was, I was heavily impressed. Couple of quick chat questions that you can answer, okay. I would say, relatively quickly. Harold wants to know Is the UGA linebacker commit Walker, I believe, that you just mentioned, still reclassifying? Have you heard anything on that? I think he's talking about Jaden Perlot. Um, he's oh, yeah, um, 2025. He's committed to Georgia. Um, he has not indicated uh, a reclassification, but that doesn't mean he's not. A lot of this stuff he can keep quiet if he wants to as long as he wants. I have not heard that he's definitively doing it one way or the other. Uh, but I, I, I've heard it's, it's, a, it's still under consideration. I think Jaden's keeping a lot of this stuff quiet because of, you know, he wants to keep, he's kind of to himself. He doesn't want people knowing his business, but I think certainly FSU is, is heavily in the picture without a doubt. Um, so uh, that's kind of where I stand with that. Another question on visitors for the Miami game from the 2025 class. Antoine wants to know, will Hilton Stubbs and DJ Pickett be there in attendance? Yes, uh, DJ will be there. I don't know Hilton. I'm waiting to hear back from him. Yeah, he's not. He hadn't got. He usually gets back pretty quick. But I'll, I'll keep checking to see if Hilton, uh, you know, 
it, there's different things that go into this stuff. I mean, a lot of kids tell you like they're going, but then, you know, that's when the first week of the playoffs start for some, some programs. So they don't know if they're playing on a Friday, if they're playing on the Saturday. Right. Um, so that's kind of the tricky part, but um, Hilton has not told me yet, but DJ Pickett, yes, he is, he is on my list uh, to put in there. And just to jump to another question, I saw that, uh, is it Dort or is that Dart? Wick or I can't I can't read my eyes are bad. I'm yeah, 52. Dart Wick. Okay, think, yeah, my eyes are bad, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, offense line, uh, dude. Um, I just kind of expect that every year. So I think Solomon is is certainly up there as one of my top guys. Um, I think David Sanders is kind of a wait and see. I think there's so many nationally teams, but yeah, Solomon would be pretty high up there, Dart. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, Ben put me on the spot. The yeah, spice yeah, you man, were you were on the spot a little bit. The there. spice, the spice man put me on the spot, so I had to just throw some names. But don't worry, guys. I'm kind of leads into my segue of uh, I'm gonna actually work on either I get it done for Friday, or I'll have it done early in the week. Uh, I'm gonna do a five five uh, prospects to watch for offense, five prospects to watch for defense. Kind of give you kind of these are guys that I think. Mutual interest, FSU is in the best position for, and that the ones I'm most keeping an eye on. So I will have that, Dart, and uh, uh, spoiler alert, Solomon will probably be on there So uh, for one of them. So there you go. Love this question from Marshall. He's asked us a couple times now, uh, what FSU commit has had the best high school season so far? Mm. And this is fun because you actually track that with the stats mm-hmm. if you're able to get them, and you do a good job of that. So that, that gives you another chance to promote some of the work on WarChannel.com yeah. that you do, Mark. Yeah, I, I love the rewind. I don't love staying up till 4 in the morning or 3 <laughs> in the morning doing it, but I love doing it. I love tracking it. It's fun. Um, there's a lot of guys with a lot of great stats, but – yeah, I mean, uh, the only one guy that pops in my mind, that's K.J. Bolden uh, mm-hmm. every week. I mean, he is – I actually get tingles getting ready to just see what the stat line's going to be from him <laughs> because his stuff is ridiculous. I actually have to do four lines for him almost every week because he's either rushing for a touchdown or he's receiving a touchdown. He's definitely going to have some defensive stats. And then you have a special teams uh, in there sometimes that – I think one week he had a – Receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a pick six, and, and a t- return for a touchdown. It's like he had like everything you could possibly wow. think of. Uh, so yeah, for me, it would have to be KJ Bolden. Uh, I think KJ's stats are are tremendous. I think BJ Gibson's had a really good year stat wise. I think uh, he was been very strong. I think um, I think Luke's had a really good year as well. Um, you know, as far as you know, the passing department, you know, t- total touchdowns and. So there's a lot of guys. Um, Armando Blunt would be really high up there. I mean, he's averaging around two or three sacks a game. So, but for me, I'm going to go with KJ Bolden. That guy is 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 he's like playing Madden and and on on rookie level. I mean, it's just you're waiting for whatever he's going to put up every week. He's the all 99 overall player that you create and just max out and make <laughs> exactly. really unfair. And then you're playing your friend and he's like, who is this? this yeah, is you make fair. him like a 270 pound receiver or something. And he's just <laughs> like, you can't do anything with it. Yeah. That's KJ every week. But um, yeah, uh, I'll go KJ, but there's a lot of them, but um, yeah, Friday night rewind. Um, I love it. I mean, I don't think anybody does it. Um, so I, I just, it just cannot, it was kind of, I, I can't take credit for the idea totally. My wife came up with it probably about six years ago, and she's like, "Why don't you do something where you track, you know, kind of what they do, and just have a graph or something?" And 
So there, that's how it originated. So Mrs. L gets all the credit for that. I just threw it together. But um, yeah, I love it. I'm glad everyone loves it. So that's good. Jump back over to the boards real quickly. I uh, hadn't heard of this, so I'm interested to get your take. Uh, rural, my, my Appalachian twanks coming out there when I say rural. <laughs> rural, I, I, I can't do it. REI, what kind of timeline are we expecting for the four to five silent commits from the Duke game to go play? Have you heard anything about that, Mike? I mean, you never know with, with silent. That's why they call them silence, because they're silent. Um, you know, people... I think people read too much into that. Like, yeah, they could indicate it and you, you kind of look at it like a silent, but that doesn't mean they're going to publicly announce it. Or, I mean, they, they could be telling other schools the same thing. So uh, I would keep that in mind, you know, coming off that. But I think there's several that, yeah, I think FSU, Bob, obviously I'm not going to tell you their names, guys, if they're going to do it, they're, they're coming. But I will certainly, when I do my preview for the Miami weekend, I will give you a strong indication of which guys I'm keeping a very close full eye watch on. But I think if if you're on War Chant, and sh- certainly I love when anybody subscribes, so jump on board if you haven't. Um, but if you read my recruiting wraps, I think a lot of you pretty much know some of the guys that that are likely. Um, I'll just say that. But um, and uh, but uh, I will definitely go into more detail about that once we get closer uh, to that Miami game. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. We've been largely positive so far on the show, so we gotta we got to slip a little negative question in there. Is there okay. any 2024 commits that eh, you're feeling a little shaky on? They might flip to another school? Not yet. I mean, I, I want to tell you guys, like, oh, yeah, I'm really, really concerned about this guy, but there's there's nobody that, like, I'm, like, high alert concerned with. I think early in the year it was kind of – I was a little concerned just with B.J. Gibson, not because he didn't love FSU, but it was kind of like – if they get too many receivers, that might you know push him away or or not that FSU would cool him. FSU loves him. It's just sometimes kids want to be the guy. Um, but I, I, that got lesser and lesser during the year. I think um, certainly Lewayne McCoy was one early. 
but I still feel very strong about that one. So I don't think there's any guy that I think would just, you know, flip away or go somewhere that I think is a definite. I think all of them are pretty, pretty strong with, with how they feel about FSU at now. I mean, now could that change? Maybe if, depending on what additions they get, uh, that could affect somebody, but um, I haven't heard anything that leads me to believe that there's like a player I'm I'm thinking of that I'm concerned about, at least not right now. Okay, one more negative question, then we're not doing any more negative questions <laughs> okay. anymore. This, yeah, I don't this, care. this would be really bad. Uh, so hypothetical here. We've talked a little bit about Jeremiah Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll skip that one and we'll go to this last one. Would a loss to Miami be as catastrophic for our recruiting class as I think? Talk me away from the ledge, Michael. No, who who asked this question? Is it Lamage? Lombago six. Yeah, yeah, Lombago. I got to cheer you up, Lombago. By the way, <laughs> if you're listening to this, dude, you you seem really down and panicky. A lot of stuff. No, I don't think it's going to be catastrophic. No, it's not great, but um, you can't just pin one game on just your whole season of what you've done in the season. Second of all, Lamog. They ain't losing that game. <laughs> okay, let me settle you down. We talk away from ledge. FSU's going to win that game, uh, in my opinion. Um, but um, no, I don't think it'd be catastrophic. I think it'd be a bad, like it, it would hurt your momentum some. But I don't think it would just be catastrophic where oh, every white guy's going to leave because you lost to if you lose to Miami. It's a rivalry game. Kids know this. Now, will it, will it be a positive effect for Miami? Absolutely. Um, but will it be just devastating to FSU? No, because the kids already know what FSU's product is and what their program is. And they understand rivalries happen. Guys, teams get beat, but I don't think it's like catastrophic or, you know, the world's going to end or FSU's going to lose all of their commits. I think it would be more of a positive um, boom for Miami, but um, I don't think it'd be like devastating for FSU. You got to be like Knowles fan. He he comments on every video that we post. Fifteen and zero, goal nose. I, that's that's the optimism that we need, Michael. I mean, I, like I don't need optimism, but that guy seems like he needs to dedicate. I, I I need to take him out for a drink or something to cheer him <laughs> up, or like, dude, we're good. They're good. They're doing really well. Like I cannot explain enough. FSU's momentum is the highest I can remember doing it. Probably even back to the Jimbo years. I mean, it is really high. I cannot explain that in. And when you get two years straight of this stuff, kids kind of know what your product is. So one game is not going to just devastate them. It's It'll help Miami. But um, as Tony just put on there, yeah, we nobody wants anything good for Miami. Who likes those guys? Like, you know, uh, but, you know, Green's an ugly cover or whatever, uh, you know, but uh, FSU's going great. You know, you focus on, and I've said this, my brother calls me every week and he's like, what do you think we got to do this week? I was like, dude, there's not a secret potion. It's just <laughs> stay locked in, uh, execute uh, what the game plan you've done all week in practice and, and just stay who you are uh, and, and stay with the work that you're bringing. And I could say this, no matter what, you know, I've seen FSU and their different times and their sloppiness. And, but the one thing that they always do is they play hard. Those kids play hard and they go, and, um, you know, they've been locked into every game. It drives me crazy when people say, well, is this going to be a trap game? If you have your team locked in, that word doesn't exist. I think trap word was a word that's created by fans to make themselves feel good because they're worried <laughs> about their team possibly winning. 
You know, so I think uh, I think Norvell's got them to a level now that trap game's not even in their vocabulary. I think they're locked in each week. It's just about the execution. It's not about if they're ready. Um, so they just got to keep doing what they're doing and, um, you know, ride the wave. Enjoy it. Lamont, enjoy it. Enjoy the times. Enjoy what product of, of Norvell bringing this product back to the standard that, to be honest, what they should be, what FSU should be every year. Uh, he's brought them back to the standard they're at. So just keep that in mind, guys. But, no, everything's going good. I don't mind the negative stuff. It's just let's, like, bring some principle to the negative. If you're going to bring negative, I don't mind talking about it. But let's at least, uh, you know, talk in reality. <laughs> We've got a couple more chat questions we're going to get to before we sign off. If you have any more okay. questions, uh, leave us a comment. Let us know. Harold, thank you so much, man. You have been interacting with us all throughout the show. We appreciate you. Uh, he brings up a comment from Dart uh, that was talking about defensive end King Joseph. Uh, Harold says he seems high on us. Is the interest mutual? I don't think it's mutual. I, I think they like him. I think uh, probably Colorado is the most likely destination from what I hear that this week. He's visiting there this weekend. I think he loves FSU. I think if FSU pushed, FSU would get him. That's how confident I feel about King. But I don't think that is is likely to happen. I'm not getting the sense that the interest is mutual of, of FS2 to that level. Um, now, could I see something where he commits to Colorado and then FSU? Maybe when they figure out their numbers of what they're – I mean, you got to remember that you're talking about four or five spots left. So there's not a lot of room to wiggle room. So you got to see – who you're comfortable that you're going to get in this class. And then just, uh, then they can kind of go from that. I think they're in a situation where they can't make a commitment to, you know, that push yet. Um, but he's a guy that I'm, I listed as others uh, in my seven to watch, but I think right now he's not a guy that I think is on the, you know, one that they would push for or take at this time, but um, maybe later, but at this time, I just think um, probably ends up elsewhere. I, uh, like I said, if I had to guess, I'd say Colorado at this stage. But um, that really just depends on, you know, if there's a push. And then we'll kind of just have to wait for that. Greg is curious about Preston Parker Jr. Any word on Preston? Yeah, that's so new. Uh, it's not a name I've heard around the FSU circles that much. Probably uh, that's one that will happen later as far as we'll see if there's a push. But I haven't heard anything as far as him being mentioned to me consistently. I don't know a lot about his recruitment. If When I'm told that there isn't much with FSU, I don't really heavily get too involved in it um, unless um, you know I'm helping a kid and just want to get his interests out there of different schools. But Preston's not one that I've heard a lot with, with FSU. Uh, this is another good question from Michael. This, I, I'm interested in this one. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. What okay. restaurants do they usually go to when they take recruits on official visits? Do you know that? Uh, yeah, I have a feeling. I, I kind of <laughs> know. Um, I would just say I don't want to give away FSU's you secrets, uh, but I'll just say a few of them are in College Town. Um, I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. There's, they're very nice. I've been there. So uh, they're nice and um, certainly exotic ones. and. Um, Kind of similar to the stories you heard when they would take on the Marie Livingston's really nice steakhouse place. Um, they used to do that a while back. Uh, even for the old folks like me, the uh, Silver Slipper uh, is where they used to take them. as a nice, one of the most exotic uh, restaurants in, in, in Tallahassee back in the day. Uh, so that was a place they would go. But kind of similar to those places. But uh, yeah, I do know, but uh, I'm not going to give away 
too much of where that where they take them. That's that's their business. Uh, Miami game obviously going to be huge. Uh, before we close it out, I'm curious. North Alabama game is that going to have a big visitor list? What's kind of your expectation for that? Yeah, I think the North Alabama game you'll probably have like twelve significant visitors. Uh, you know, nothing really huge. You might have two, probably three to four that are really, really elite uh, or are just pretty solid, pretty strong guys uh, that maybe FSU didn't feel like they would get the amount of time they did individually that, that could, they could have them for the Miami game. And then they might just decide to push it to the North Alabama game where they get more personal time. Um, but I do think there's going to be some good ones uh, that will go to there. I mean, there I've, I, I said this after the Southern Miss game and the visitors that showed up there, I was like, you're going to the Southern Miss game. It, it's it doesn't matter who they're playing. You're going to get some talented prospects that show up. So I do think there will be some. Um, I think um, I think you'll see. You know, I've already mentioned. I know a 2027 guy that you know. I know it's 2027 guys, but so running back, he's really going to be a good one. MJ Benias uh, out of Katy High School in Texas. He will be there for that. And I think there's going to be ones in 2024, 2025 that'll be higher. Uh, as far as the Miami game, uh, that speaks for itself. Um, we're already up to around, I think, around six, uh, five stars already on that list. Uh, well, uh, in the double digits uh, with uh, you know top four star prospects that are coming. Um, yeah, that that game's probably going to have like 120 prospects. So I probably won't be able to talk to my family for like three weeks. <laughs> uh, I'll be busy. Me and Matt getting a hold of all these all these people. But um, yeah, man, it's. Um, it's a good time if you're a Seminole fan. I think um, it's a lot of exciting times. Um, it's a lot of exciting things going on with FSU. Um, you know, I for if you're doing anything, I want you. Well, obviously, we want you to subscribe to WarChant. But man, if you're not watching anything, uh, obviously, we want you to hit the like button here. But yeah, also, absolutely, that cinematic thing they do every week for FSU is is badass i mean it is just really good and it kind of shows you how far have they come like it's incredible yeah. how far the yeah. social media team has come it, yeah and that makes a difference in recruiting oh yeah i know recruits love that they send it i know they send it to recruits if they don't see it and it's just it kind of gives you a background of kind of what goes on and just um you know this there's certain points that mike puts out there like you know it's like um i think he said one week it was like they got good coaches over there, but you're built by storms here, you know? So it's like, and it just gets everyone excited because of what Josh storms has done with, as far as their bodies and how he gets them ready, you know, for each week and just the want to, uh, you know, each week of, of staying locked in to what you're doing. It's just a really good, you know, feature, but um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. That's good guys that uh, there's a lot of things to be excited about. I'm excited. You guys are in here. Tonight, I was only expecting 150, and look at you guys, almost wow. 300. So, you guys shocked me, but I'm glad we could do this. Uh, the Spice Man killed it as usual, and uh, I just, I'm just here just to help you guys out a little bit. But uh, appreciate everyone coming, and um, like I said, we're just gonna get ready for this big Miami game. But before that, got to take care of business against Pittsburgh. They win that game; they're in the ACC championship, so it's it's a big deal. Julian is loving your hard work, man. He says nobody works harder in this recruiting game than our Michael Langston. Keep it up, boss. We appreciate the work. Go Knowles. I just wanted to say that. We appreciate you, Michael. Uh, I know things are going to get crazy for you, but uh, Warchan.com, your ultimate Seminole sports source. Michael Langston, 
Wrong way. There we go. He's working <laughs> hard for you guys, and we appreciate him very much. Appreciate everyone who tuned in here to our live recruiting chat. Make sure you head over to the premium recruiting board and continue the conversation. For Michael Langston, I'm Ben Spicer. Thanks for watching here on War Chant TV, guys.